0: Betches Media presents
1: Ha ha, laugh, funny
0: Mention It All, a Bravo by Betches podcast
1: We don't say that, but now we said it
0: With me, Dylan Hafer we'll
1: go check, me,
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I'm Dylan Hafer and I am so excited to sit down for a little solo catch up today We've had some great guests on the show the last couple episodes. Ariana, of course, on Monday, and then Dr. Jackie on yesterday's episode. If you haven't listened to either of those, I highly recommend them. I, mean, I, I'm aware that I'm biased, but I specifically had such a lovely time talking to Dr. Jackie. I think she is just one of a kind, especially on Bravo. the The experience that she has doing ten seasons on Married to Medicine, while also still actively working as an OBGYN and doing all of the activism work that she does is just so cool. And so even if you're not like fully caught up on Married to Medicine, I think that is, she's just such a fascinating person to talk to. Also, we sit down to record. It was like 10am on Tuesday. And she's like, I'm like, Oh, like, how are you doing? She's like, Oh, well, you know, I'm tired. I had seven babies this weekend before I left for New York. Like, okay. I think there is I think there is like a a tendency to assume that when women come on these shows and have like real jobs like that that they sort of stop doing them. It's like, "Oh yeah, okay, you're like a lawyer, but you're not really a lawyer." Or like you, you know, you you're a doctor, but like, uh, "How how real is that?" Jackie and Simone are like delivering babies constantly. <laughs> And then they're showing up to film. And then they're showing up to do press. Like, I, 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 I don't know. It's it's wild to me. Because I have, you know, this one job. I, I'm sitting on a microphone talking about housewives. And I'm tired already. And so the thought that I would have to, like, record my podcast, then get up and go deliver a baby. I mean, first of all, I, it wouldn't go well because I don't know anything about medicine. <laughs> but... But God, just so impressive. I love impressive people. And, you know, I, I know that I'm very fortunate in my situation that this is what I get to talk about. But wow, just fu- fun times. And speaking of Ariana, we got the trailer for Vanna Pump Rules Season 11. It's coming January 30th. And I am I'm so glad that we now have something to talk about. Because for the last... I don't know, nine months now since Scandival started, it's kind of been like this ball that's been rolling down the hill and it, it felt like it was sort of starting to get a little bit tired. And that's why when I talked to Ariana last week, it didn't feel like productive to kind of ask her the same five questions of like, What's happening with the house? How much do you hate Tom? Are you listening to Raquel's podcast? It's like, no, no, no. Like it's It was tough because there just wasn't really like new info to work with. And so seeing this trailer, I was so relieved that this wasn't just a full Scandaval rehash trailer. Because I think with this group, obviously there's more to the group than just Tom and Ariana and their dynamic with each other. But when they, when they went back into filming season 11, so quickly after the reunion and stuff, I think there was kind of that fear that it would sort of just dominate the narrative of the new season. And, you know, getting, getting the reveal of Schwartz making out with Sheena. I, the gasp I gasped this, this could turn out to be like such a nothing burger. I, Obviously, there are, you know, editing, editing maneuvers at play when you see a trailer like this. But just to hear those words come out of Schwartz's mouth. I never, I never even considered that this is something that could have happened. And then, you know, we have Tom and Katie making out with the same woman that I'm fascinated by. I'm excited for whatever journey Katie's on. I don't know, you know maybe she and Kyle Richards can compare notes. Allegedly, allegedly. I don't know. <laughs> no, but I think, I think it's going to be an interesting season and I, I don't feel, I'm not sure that it's going to be an incredible season or like a, a, an amazing season, but I'm interested to see kind of what it's giving. What I'm even more excited for though is season two of the Traders. Uh I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We got the trailer today, literally like minutes before I was sitting down to record and I was so glad that it came out, you know, when it did because this show, god I can't wait for it to be back, season 2. I think I talked about the cast list when it came out a few months ago, but it's it's all celebrities and reality stars this season instead of doing like half civilians, half uh, veterans <laughs> like it was last year uh, so on the bravo side of things we've got sheree tamra phaedra mj from shaws of sunset larsa and marcus of course marcus apparently just um <laughs> i don't know is it like it does does larsa just have like a a marcus clause in her in all of her contracts now where it's like he has to be able to come anywhere on miami last week when they're planning the the girls' trip to Palm Beach, and she's like, Well, could I bring Marcus? And you know, like I like to have him wherever I go. It's like, babe, you're driving two hours away for for two nights, and everybody's sharing a bed. That Palm Beach house does not look large enough for the nine women that are there, let alone <laughs> plus ones. They're all sharing beds. We know because Alexia had to ask permission to share with Julia. I am this is switching gears a little bit but I'm dreading when Julia brings that up with Alexia because I just know that conversation's not gonna go well Alexia is gonna act so offended I get why Julia's weirded out by it oh God it's uh, nothing good can come of that but I uh, I guess I guess I'm glad that I guess I'm glad that they're mentioning it all but no this traitor's trailer looks great we have Phaedra saying that she's not gonna kiss pilot Pete's ass for a rose because it's not the bachelor God. What a, what a way with words she has! I I'm so excited though because I think last season the format was really exciting. It felt like it felt like the kind of like k- kitschiness of it, like the shtick of being in the Scottish castle. It felt like people kind of leaned into it in a way that was fun, and I'm excited to see kind of how this cast embraces it. I mean, it's not even just the Bravo people. We have Parvati and Sandra Survivor Legends. Johnny Bananas is on there Janelle from Brig Brother like Ekinsu from Love Island UK. There's like a whole Trishelle from the challenge um, there, it's it really is a wild cast and so I'm I'm very excited to see but I think the thing that I am most excited about is that I don't know if you remember but last season when the Traders came out they dumped all of the episodes at the same time and I look. That's fun sometimes, but with a show like this, when every episode is a cliffhanger and you've got twists and turns and people being sent home and and votes happening, it's really hard to drop a whole season at once because, I mean, for me, I don't know how quickly to watch and recap and post about it. It's so hard to go on social media and avoid spoilers. It's like technically, you know who the winner is the second the show drops. And it just really, it makes it hard to sort of create a cohesive conversation around it. And so this season, they're dropping the first three episodes on Friday, January 12th. And then after that, the episodes are going to be weekly on Thursdays at 6pm Pacific, 9pm Eastern. Thank God for this it's common sense it's going to be great Alan Cumming is hosting again I can't wait to talk about the traders season two um and I'll have to see kind of like how people are watching it if it's like a weekly recap kind of vibe or if we just kind of like check in a couple times throughout the season uh but let me know if you want in a five-star review if you're how you how excited you are for the traders
1: honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with honey love.
0: I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around, the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe, and you're making like that mental checklist of, if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to Overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want. With tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences, every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I Do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z O L A.com. But speaking of Peacock shows, today, the first three episodes of. Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, Rony Legacy, are on Peacock. I'm going to talk about those on Monday, so I'm going to give I'm going to give us all the weekend to get caught up, um, and then we will get into it um, on Monday, along with Potomac and whatever else is happening. But I do want to just talk about the premiere party, which was in New York on Tuesday night of this week. It was um, a lively affair. It kind of felt like a like a Bravo holiday party, where it was like everybody was, you know, New York City. We were right across the street from Bryant Park, where there's a big Christmas market and ice skating rink and, you know, big tree and all of that. So it felt very festive, I guess. But the big question that I had, and I think a lot of people had going into this party was, will we be seeing M- madam singer <laughs> because ramona the last couple months has been pretty quiet since she got the last minute uninvitation from bravocon she has not been sent out on any official press for the show i believe she's you know been posting on her own social media but we we haven't really gotten much news on the ramona front you know she's still on the poster for the season. She's still in the trailer. It's not like they are—they're not editing her out like we've had a couple times in the past, like on Below Deck when they edited out a deckhand. I mean, it's a—it's a trip with six women. It's—you're not gonna. You could maybe clip out a couple of her confessionals or something, but you're not gonna make it seem like she wasn't there. So you know, I, when I got the invite to this party, I'm thinking, okay, it does Ramona get the invite, and. I, I heard whisperings leading up to the party that she was not expected to be in attendance. I don't know if she was officially not invited or if it was a you know a just sort of discussion that happened that maybe it would be better if she's not there. I don't know. I wasn't in the room. But you know what room I was in? <laughs> the party. And you know who else was in the room? Ramona Singer. So I walk in and the way that this venue is set up, I don't know if it's like a hotel or just I—I I, I, To be honest, I don't know where we were. But you walk in and then the main party space was up a flight of stairs. It was like a big sweeping staircase and they had rony quotes along the wall. It was nice. But so the coat check is downstairs. And then when you walk in downstairs, the red carpet was kind of on the far end, but it was a little bit secluded. And no, we weren't walking the carpet. Like the the only people really walking the carpet were the cast and then a few other, like Sari Fields showed up, uh, you know, legend of Survivor and now Big Brother and winner of season one of The Traitors, which is why I think she actually was invited to the party. Um By the way, I was more starstruck to see Sari than I have been for any housewife. But So the red carpet was, like, not really super visible to, like, the attendees of the party. But when I walk in, the first person I see is Ramona Singer. She was, like, I guess she was doing the coat check. I don't know. But it was, like, (laughs) that set the tone for the whole night. It was, like, okay, so this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. Ramona's here. She's get used to it. So then upstairs where the party is, it was one big open space. It was pretty crowded. You know, it was a good, it, everybody was mingling, having a good time. Like I said, the atmosphere was festive and the cast was sort of in and out. There was like another flight of stairs up and there was, there must've been an area up there where they were kind of like hanging out because it was blocked off, but they would come down the stairs to mingle, to take pictures. I saw Dorinda. She looked lovely. Um, Kelly Ben Simone was wearing a horse girl necklace, which just tickles me. But at a certain point, the full cast came together to take photos. You know, everybody crowds around and is, you know, taking pictures of them. And then they sang happy birthday to Dorinda because her birthday was, I think, the next day. <laughs> but my favorite thing they sing happy birthday and there is this massive cake in the middle that is in the shape of an apple and it's covered in gold fondant like shiny metallic gold fondant and when i say in the shape of an apple it's not like oh they like you know drew some apples on a cake it's like no this is a like a 3d representation of a spray painted gold apple and it was probably um maybe like double the size of a basketball. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what ball I can compare it to that's larger than a basketball. It was a big ass apple cake. And so <laughs> when they're singing happy birthday to Dorinda, they had like a couple of knives, I guess. And so Dorinda like cut the cake, but not really. And so by the end of the night, nobody had still eaten the cake. It had never been cut into slices or anything, there were just these, like, hacking knife, <laughs> like, hack knife marks <laughs> in the cake, and it was just like, what is this? <laughs> I, you know, I, it was a great party, it was so much fun, but I was just, like, imagining somebody was like, oh my god, you know what'll be, like, incredible for this party? We're gonna have this massive apple cake, and then they're gonna cut it. But it was like <laughs> I don't know if it was even meant to be eaten, but it never was. It was just <laughs> just, oh god. Margaret Josephs was there for like two minutes. Just a, just a, a fun, a fun little mishmash. Uh, but anyway, that's Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. I will be talking about the first three episodes on Monday, so definitely make sure to stay tuned for that. I'm I'm just as excited as as all of you are uh, to see what. What kind of chaos that trip is giving. Um, But today, let's talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We are a week removed from Kyle's uh, Dinner Party from Hell, part three. This week, a a little bit more of a subdued episode. You know, we we got some important things to talk through, but there was no kind of wild moment, except maybe in the first 30 seconds or so of the episode. Because we come in. And we're at Kyle's house and Kyle is filling in Mauricio on what has happened at this dinner about how Sutton is asking all these questions and about the ring and about the whatever. And he's like, Oh baby, you know, whatever they can say what they want to say. And then as they like finish up their little update, Kyle's about to walk past Mauricio, and he he grabs her, and he plants a kiss on her, and I have never felt so uncomfortable in my life, question mark. Guys, what the fuck is this kiss? Like, I have seen on like Breaking Amish or never, whatever. Children, people who have grown up in in oppressive religious communities and never been allowed to hold a hand, and they're kissing for the first time on their wedding day, and they look more comfortable than Kyle and Mauricio trying to be intimate. And Mauricio's like, I can kiss you whenever I want. What is that? I get that they're not in the best place in their relationship. Sure. But, like, you guys have been married for 20, 27 years? What was that? It's wild how Kyle and Mauricio used to be, like, the horniest couple on Bravo. Like, that's, that's like, mom and dad were in love. And now, like, uh it ain't good it was so bizarre because i'm like it's one thing if they're not like you know doing amazing but like that was like a, a casual little kiss and kyle looks like she's just saw a ghost the, the ghost of husband's past i guess i don't know compare <laughs> compare that later to kyle facetiming morgan and kyle's like well you know like Morgan is so different from many of my other friends because I, I know when I hang out with Morgan I'm just going to be roasted 24-7 and we're going to be talking about my, my jewelry and my tattoos and my rings and my, you know, she's going to talk about my outfit and all of this stuff and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, the mid-season trailer where they're at, like, Morgan's performance and she's like, well, you know, there's never been anybody who's been there for me like Kyle. And Kyle just looks kind of like, uh, this becomes stranger and stranger every week. And look, I, I'm not saying Sutton went about it the best way by saying she was in denial and, you know, whatever. But I've got questions too. Well, we'll see where that goes. You know, put, put a pin in it. and D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Sutton is having her four year store anniversary party. I'm happy for her. You know, she says that it's a business that she started all on her own, not using anybody else's money. Okay. <laughs> I love the confessional producers. Like, Wait. So, like, to start the business and like to keep it open, like, have you used your spousal support money? And she's like, "Well, yeah, of course." Look, I don't know. I I, <laughs> I can't relate, and I'm assuming most people listening can't relate to getting like tens of thousands of dollars a month in spousal support. So I think, I think if you're in that position, you kind of just see things a little differently. But you know, good for Sutton. Comparing that, at least I feel like she's. At least I feel like she knows her limits and she knows. Um, she is secure in her f- situation. Compare that to Lisa Hochstein on Miami. Seeing her last week touring that condo. That's like six million dollars. And the the HOA alone is like four thousand dollars a month. And then this week at the very end of the episode, when Lisa is at her um, fragrance testing appointment, whatever, with Nicole and Adriana, and the rest of the women are at playing croquet, and Marisol's Google alert about Lenny goes off, which (laughs) the juxtaposition of Marisol in the car on the way to Palm Beach... Telling Lisa that she needs to stop talking about Lenny and get over it and move on, and you know Jody's going to leave her and X Y Z. To then Marisol, Marisol saying that she has a Google alert for Lenny and Lisa. It's is she being hypocritical? I don't know. Is she being both sidesy a little bit? I, that I would say yes. But Lenny's allegation that Lisa is spending ten thousand dollars a month on instacart like instacart is so boring i mean it's it's a great service it's very good for what it's good for but like instacart is not sax fifth avenue instacart is not like like how fun can you really get on instacart You're not buying clothes on there. You're not buying bags and shoes and, you know, furniture and entertainment items and tickets to things. It's like you're literally groceries. And as Larsa points out, Sephora is on (laughs) Instacart. (laughs) Uh, Larsa putting two and two together that Lisa might be racking up her Instacart bill with purchases from Sephora. Larsa can be a little bit smart when she wants to look, she, she might be as willfully ignorant as, as can be when it comes to why she shouldn't have told everyone that Gertie had cancer. But when it comes to how Lisa might be spending (laughs) five figures a month on Instacart, her detective skills go right to work. But yeah, I mean, it's tough because last season it felt like the Lisa and Lenny stuff was, rightfully so, the biggest storyline happening. And I know that in Lisa's life, it still is happening and in many ways is just as intense as it was last year because there is this continuing thread of... There's going to be a legal filing. Somebody's going to call the police. I'm. I don't know what's going to happen with the house and with the custody and all of the, the his mother and all of that. But from a friendship standpoint, and I mean for us from a enjoying watching a TV show standpoint, we we can't do the same storyline all the time, every time. So it's tough because I. You know, like, compare that. This week we found out that Kenya Moore's divorce was finalized. It took like three years for her to get that divorce. And we're, did we get updates sometimes? Yeah. Andy would ask her at the reunion. You know, somebody would bring it up. She was, you know, she's starting to think about dating. Like, it's It's not that it wasn't something we ever heard about. But I think if Kenya had, on every episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta for the last two seasons, had been like well, you know, there's another court filing with Mark, blah, 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 blah. Like, it would have gotten old so fast. And I think with Lisa, it's it's not that people can't empathize with what she's going with. And, you know, think about that she still is dealing with a lot, but that the, it doesn't need to be the the active topic of conversation every time the group is together. And I think that's valid. I mean, for people in the position to spend all this time with her and to be going on trips and stuff like everybody's going through something. Everybody's, you know, working through their stuff. And it's it's tough when you have a friend who's in a position like that because you want to be there for them. You want to be supportive. But at the same time, it's like, I don't think we can keep going on this loop. In the same way that Larsa, for example, is not being a good friend to Kiki this season and is kind of abandoning her for her relationship, I think that Lisa is going to need to figure out how to balance everything that's happening in her personal life with what her friends in the group need from her or what they have going on. And I think we're starting to see that sort of breakdown even between people that she's closer with in the group that it's like, Larsa is not just going to sit there and talk about Lenny all day. Kiki's not just going to sit there and talk about Lenny all day. You know, Marisol's brought it up. Uh, uh, Alexia has brought it up. Like it, it it feels like we're kind of reaching that point where it's like we're going to have to move to the next phase of this, even if it's not over in her personal life. I don't know though. It's it's interesting and it's it's also really interesting to see Alexia kind of breaking off from Marisol a little bit at the first dinner in Palm Beach when she's talking about how, you know, she she brings things up and then doesn't always kind of stick around to take the heat and, you know, that kind of thread that sort of the issues that other people have been having with Marisol and that it seems like Alexia is starting to be affected by it a little bit more. And specifically, I think because Alexia has been able this season to sort of create a path forward with Julia and more importantly with Adriana whereas Marisol has stayed so rigid in her feelings about Adriana in particular that that isn't going to just work in perpetuity to keep people on your team versus the other like the reason that shows like this are able to sort of last and evolve and grow and shift is that you really can't afford to have too many of these dynamics that are so set in stone where people just won't speak to each other. And I think that's something I actually, uh, I talked to, I interviewed Dr. Wendy earlier this week and that episode is going to be coming out. And I think that's something that Potomac is sort of struggling with right now is that there are these relationships that feel so, so toxic and broken. And you have to be able to create that forward momentum within the group. And I think Marisol feels like she's kind of, stopping that from happening in a way but that's miami i'm you know I, I i'm really enjoying it i think you know there's a lot of there's a lot of loose ends that i'm i'm looking forward to seeing how they tie up in sort of the second half of this season going back to beverly hills a little bit i want to talk about anna marie i i think i've settled on anna marie i know i've been waffling on the pronunciation but it seems like anna marie is what we're going with so we see her at home for the first time, I believe, this episode. And we meet her husband, Marcellus, and her kids. She has a lovely family. And she's talking to us about the beginnings of her relationship with her husband. And I just want to know if she thinks that she's making this sound like a fairy tale situation. Because the way she describes it, she's like... Well, back when I got with my husband, you know, there were lots of women who were trying to get with him. He used to be a football player. And she's like, you know, the first night we met, he said he was gonna marry me and then he that was how he, you know, handled things moving from there. And he always says that he married me because I am an eight point eight and a half in everything. So it's like, you're not a 10 in looks, you're not a 10 in brains, you're not a 10 in in cooking and doing stuff around the house, but you're like solid in all the categories. What the fuck? Okay, first of all, it's great to be like competent in a lot of things. But the (laughs) the idea that somebody who is romantically interested in you would be like, you know what I actually love about you is that you're not super pretty and you're not super smart and you're not like a super good cook, but like three stars, at least in every category. Passable. Passable. Ew. <laughs> Look, I, uh, I'm i trying to give these people a chance, but every episode that Anna Marie has been in so far, I just don't get a great taste in my mouth. And also, the way that she is obsessed with Sutton's medical situation—it's just weird. Because I look, I understand maybe what Sutton is saying doesn't seem like it's adding up a hundred percent. And obviously, Anna Marie has a medical background. She's a nurse anesthetist. She like may have an awareness that allow that causes her to question Sutton. But when push comes to shove, you don't know this woman. Sutton says it in the episode. They met, I believe, for the first time at Kyle's dinner. So this is at most like the th- the third time they're hanging out. And it's all in a group setting. And so the fact that Anna Marie is like so hell-bent on like, no, what you're saying is wrong. And Sutton's like, well, my doctor told me. And she's like, but it's wrong. Get a life. This is always to me, there are certain topics and conversations on shows like this. They're never going to like go the way that you want them to. And I think questioning somebody's medical situation when they're telling you that they're under the care of a doctor and following the care that their doctor has told them to do. It's like you're, it's just kind of never doing what you think it's doing. Like, just drop it. Find something find something better to be mad at her about. I do love seeing Kim at the party, though Sutton does clock the agenda right away of, of Kyle wanting to make it clear that she has not, in fact, lost two sisters. And Sutton, gives this, Sutton gives this awkward, awkward speech about women not labeling each other and you know doing what they want to do and it does feel like (laughs) it does feel like I don't know exactly what's going on with Sutton like it's like okay good good for you that the store is going well but I feel like I feel like she's in a little bit of a weird place maybe she always is like maybe that's kind of the constant in Sutton's life but when she's you know, asking Kyle for permission to have a drink. And, you know, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I'm not, I, enjoy, I like Sutton a lot on Housewives. I think she's a an important piece of this cast, but I don't think she's, I'm not loving her this season a lot. Like uh, the whole thing in Vegas still going back to the Magic Mike thing, like just feels like she's a little bit off. And I don't I don't know exactly where it's coming from. I don't think it's like a drinking thing, particularly, but it's a little strange. And then telling Dorit that she's been talking about her behind her back, and she heard from Crystal, and then Crystal and Dorit have to have their whole thing. I don't really know what Sutton's up to, you know. But I like her more than Anna Marie, and you know maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's all we need at this point. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much for listening. That's our show for this week. Uh, I'll be back on Monday to talk about Girls Trip, Potomac, so much more. Um, until next time, don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. And be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sous-McCat Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Allie Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Batches on Instagram and Twitter.
1: batches